It's time to step into the more that God has for you. This is Eunice Lai, and I would like to welcome you to today's episode of Beyond the Building with Laura Pereno and Debbie Kiever of the Beyond Women's Conference. Hi, this is Laura Pereno. I'm sure, like me, you've experienced some times of shaking in your life, and perhaps to an even greater extent these days, as so many things around us seem so uncertain. My new book, Unshakable God, His Character in Our Chaos, shares my personal story and a Bible study on the book of Joshua, showing how we can stand unshaken in these times if we hold on to the hand of our unshakable God. You can find Unshakable God on Amazon in print or Kindle format. For more information, email me at laura at lauraparenoministries.com. Hi there. Welcome back to Beyond the Building. My name is Laura Pereno. I'm with Debbie Kiever today, and this is our second week in our new podcast series called Frozen. We have entered a new year. We're in 2021, and the things that have left us frozen in fear, anxiety, whatever it may be, that you may have felt stuck in a place, frozen in a place in 2020, We are here, you know, because we have learned the truth from God's word and we're just excited to share. We don't have to stay frozen in the places that we were frozen in in 2020. We were created to move free. We were created to move. We were created not to be bound. And so we're grateful and excited to be uh, sharing today the way that we are called to live free from fear and anxiety. Now, we shared last time as I... Uh, was able to share what's going on in my life physically. I experienced uh, really for six months in 2020, the making of a frozen shoulder. And I had no idea what I was walking through. I didn't know that I was actually enabling myself to get to a place where I could no longer use my arm. I thought I was doing the right thing by avoiding pain. And yet here, by avoiding the pain, I ended up in a far worse place and I had to have a surgical procedure in order to correct it. Today, I have range of motion, I have much less pain, and I'm grateful that I went through the process in order to get to that free place. And just like we go through physically, we find ourselves frozen emotionally, spiritually, in relationships, whatever it may be, and God has called us to be set free, right? He doesn't create us to be frozen. He creates us in order to move and do what he's called us to do. So if we go back to the dictionary definition from Webster's, we talked last time that frozen is being incapable of being changed, moved, or undone. Boy, that just sounds like a whole lot of negative, right? It's being incapable of changing. We we were created for change, right? We're constantly changing. The Bible says that we are to be uh, moving more and more in the image of Jesus Christ. We don't want to be creatures who can't change. And then moving, God has always taken us from one place to the next. We don't want to be frozen and somebody who can't move. And then undone, boy, we always want to be in that flexible place of allowing God to shape and mold us into what we were created to be. So when we find ourselves in a place where we're frozen, we are actually living in a place that is opposite of the way that God created us to live. Today, we're going to talk about two emotions that really are gripping emotions And when we allow these emotions to run unchecked, they can leave us frozen or paralyzed. We're going to talk about fear and anxiety. You know, how many times have you said the words or heard the words or have maybe even said it about somebody else that they were paralyzed by fear? We all know somebody who's experienced that or maybe it's been us ourselves. 
that place where you get into a place of fear and you feel like you just can't move. Well, really, if you look at fear and anxiety, they do the same thing, right? The end result of fear and anxiety is that it, they paralyze us. The principles that we're going to look at today apply to both, but we really are going to be focusing specifically today on the concept of fear and how we end up paralyzed by fear. I can't help but think as we're in the second week of 2021 now that January 1st has rolled around and December 31st of 2020, you know, the door was shut. But we find ourselves in the very same circumstances in a lot of ways in 2021 that we were in in 2020. And I think, you know, so many of us probably hoped or anticipated that there might be some kind of a change like this door opens up and, and everything that we've experienced for 2021 that left us frozen would just be gone. But of course, we found out the reality is that we are still in a very similar place. While while we may have been frozen in 2020, I think the word for today is our circumstances may not be changed, but we can be free from the fear of 2020 as we enter into this new year in 2021. We can live this new year in the same circumstances, but free from the fear that bound us in those times. Laura, as we are recording this, and I'm thinking as a physical therapist, right, so much of what you learned in 2020 with your shoulder, you are now going to make some changes in 2021. Uh, and a lot of it deals with your position, the positions that are changing. You have this chair at home that moves your shoulder <laughs> constantly, yes. you know, yes. and, and you also are going to be more mindful about making sure that your arm is able to go into new positions. So, so much of our, it's our mindset that needs to yes. change. Otherwise, at this point, two weeks into January, you're kind of saying nothing has changed. So the circumstances may not have changed, but our position needs to change. We need to position our, our thinking and our belief systems in a, to set us up to not be, be found paralyzed by those strong, strong emotions. And I think one of the, the first places we need to start is what is our position in Christ? You know, if you don't have that personal relationship with Christ, then that is where you have to start. Right. Yeah. That is the initial positioning yourself is is acknowledging that you cannot have a relationship with God on your own strength. You need to receive that gift of forgiveness that Jesus Christ offers to you because he died on the cross. And and when you receive him, you embrace him to yourself as your savior and he forgives you of your sin. It positions you as a child of God. And that is something the enemy cannot steal. It's it's that adoption, adoption into the family of God that that's not going to change. And I think that's an important place to start because the enemy, he knows he cannot steal that from you, but he can lie to you and try to put you down and cause you to question uh, whether God has a, a plan for your life or or loves you. He loves to raise doubts on whether the word of God is true or whether his presence is really with you at all times. And so if he can lie to a believer and get them to start to question that relationship with God, he it actually opens a door yep. for the enemy to have a, what we call a foothold yep. in the life of a believer. And I don't know, have, have you run across folks in our lives, right, who say that they have a relationship with Christ, and yet you look at their lives, and they're so 
bogged down in anxiety and fear and things that are negative that you don't see a much difference between them and somebody who doesn't have Christ. Yeah, you know, Deb, yeah. I've been that person. Mm-hmm. And I remember even when I was going through uh, the journey of infertility and I was a believer and uh, but I and what we'll talk about this, I know, as we go on, I allowed um, the thoughts of what I was experiencing to be the thing that I held onto and grasped onto rather than the the one who was in control of it all. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where we're talking about becoming free, right? Even with my shoulder, as I started doing what I was supposed to do, focusing on the, the stretching and growing, and you can put it spiritually holding on to God, all of a sudden the truth of the word starts to be revealed. And those lies that I had told myself or the things that I felt like I had to hold on to, uh, they no longer grip me. And so I found myself uh, a free Christian instead of a Christian who was bound like you're saying, to the lies of the enemy or the you don't have or you're not good enough or what's wrong with you, that kind of a thing. So I think there's, as we grow as believers, we go, we go past that, you know, and, and we don't want to live frozen like that. We don't want to believe. When you when you look at it, you know, we're telling people you, you want to find Jesus and then we're living frozen. Like who wants to, who, if that's what living like Jesus is, who wants that, Right. We want to live free so that people understand there's freedom uh, through Christ. A lot of times we don't realize we're doing it. Yeah. You know, it's why it's, man, it's so important to be surrounded by a couple good friends who are solid in their walk with the Lord, who are yeah. not afraid to go there with you. You know, I'm just thinking uh, from a therapist's perspective, I'm sure that last October and November, there were certain shelves in your kitchen <laughs> that you knew that you could not reach mm-hmm. right with that shoulder. And so now let's say you're in your kitchen and you need to get up to that shelf and you have this thought, well, I can't reach that. Mm-hmm. And actually in reality, your shoulder is free to reach it. Yep. And you need to exercise that. You need yep. to, you know, reach up for whatever it is you're going for. Yep. Whereas the enemy will try to tell the believer, you can't do that. Yes. You know, you aren't that. Right. And yet right. in reality, what Jesus did for you to set you free, he's, you're free indeed. You know, so you are, you're not the same person you were before you were a believer. The enemy would love to take a Christian and speak these lies to them to get them to believe and then to live according to the way they used to be. Yep. And then, then the world looks at you and goes, you're a Christian really (laughs) i'm not a christian and we look pretty much the same so that is the enemy's tactic is to he targets believers to try to get them to live according to a lie i think of first peter 5 8 i'm going to read this scripture and then tell you um a really interesting example of how this played out when my kids were little in the passion translation it says be well balanced Mm -hmm. and always alert because your enemy the devil roams around incessantly like a roaring lion ready looking for its prey to devour so take a decisive stand against him and resist his every attack with strong vigorous faith boy if that's not a scripture to go back and yes. see one i mean there's so many pieces of that that are yes. really amazing but i had an experience that really it captures this verse for me when the kids were young we used to probably once a year go up to the philadelphia zoo and you know boys love big strong animals and so we were able <laughs> to time 
um, going to watch the lions as they were being fed. And I would say that Chip and Dan were probably around the two and five year old range. We had a number of little friends with us. And so we were, I mean, I have to be honest with you, I was super excited to watch these <laughs> lions being fed. So in this observation area, it's kind of like a tunnel. So, so it makes the sounds echo even more. Mm. It's just a roar is suddenly a, a very high decibel roll, roar. Yeah, yeah. And these lions knew that it was feeding time and they're pacing and they're all starting to roar and they're banging on, like they're banging on the cage where they jump up and they smack their paws um, on the glass or on the, the bars that are separating us from these, uh, these lions. And I, you know, as a mom, you don't put your kids in a position where they would ever get injured. And, and I knew in my head, the logical brain was that this is, this is what they want us to do. They want us to stand here at this time. I know that it's safe. I know that the lion cannot get out, but I got to tell you when this lion banged his um, paws mm. and started this, it was a male lion and he mm. was crazy loud and it echoed the kids literally ran out of this observation place screaming like Aww. terrorized and the thing that was Aww. really pathetic was i was following them and i'm like trying to concern for my kids but my heart was racing like the hair on the back of my neck was standing up now here's the challenge the truth was that that roaring lion could not touch me mm. But his roar produced such a trigger mm. of of anxiety and fear. And mm. I am now chasing my children out thinking mm -hmm. they're very smart for running yeah. out the door. <laughs> and, and yet the logical part of my brain was, you know, mm. you had nothing to worry about. And that, thank God at that moment, there was this wisdom that he reminded me of, of you need to not let this moment of fear mm -hmm rain in their lives mm. otherwise they will never return to the zoo right or any kind of lion thing right would just be too distressed because you open a door when you when something that's traumatic or you know scary or a thought pattern you don't catch it at that moment it just it starts to plant a seed that grows over time that that becomes something outrageous so i grabbed these crying kids and of course i was shaking and mm. i'm isn't that incredible? Like, yeah, mm. trying to act brave. And I'm like, boys, let's go back in because the zookeeper said we are safe here. The yeah. lions are Aww. loud. They can't get you. And they're like, well, we don't like the lions. And I'm like, yeah, that kind of made mommy scared too. But I'm not scared because they're not going to hurt us. And and I'm that's that was such a visual. I had to bring those boys back in. And then mm. what we decided to do was when the lions roared, we would roar back. And so kind of that nervous energy. Yeah, that's <laughs> like, great. We roared back, but it, it took that moment that could have planted a seed. Yes. You know, that, no, the truth is yes. that you are safe. Yes. You know, that the the zookeeper knows how to keep yes. you safe. God is here with us. So when that lion's roaring, let's roar back. Yes. You know? And then it changed. And then once they started eating, honestly, they were much more quiet. But <laughs> you know, for that moment, you have a choice. How are you going to handle that explosive emotion that you're having. Yeah, Deb, I love that because I'm looking at the scripture that you just read and, you know, be well balanced and always alert, right? When you're in a moment like that, when something comes at you like that, I, I would have to say, if you're not well balanced, 
you and you're not alert, you don't know what's going to happen or you're not prepared for the unexpected, you are going to be shaken. You are going to be frozen wherever you are. But verse nine says that the way that we fight it is to just take a decisive stand against the enemy and resist his every attack with strong, vigorous faith. I think part of taking a decisive stand is going back and refocusing on what is true. That's so good. You know, and we have to take everything that we see, everything that we hear, everything that we think or feel. And honestly, this is a time uh, where we really need to do it on almost a moment by moment uh, occasion. But we've got to take every moment, every thought and, and bring it back to the truth. You know, we've got to say, where did this thought come from? Is it true? And do I follow the, the truth or do I follow this thought? The more that we allow incorrect thoughts to come into our mind and take a place in our mind, and I know we talked about this during the armor of God, you know, become rooted in our mind, the more we absorb that or we don't take that decisive stand, then we are giving that lie, we are giving that falsehood, uh, that emotion, we are giving that emotion power over us mm-hmm. when really we are called to be the ones that, what does the scripture say? We are called to be well-balanced and alert, but instead we are giving uh, the lie, the incorrect thought, the wrong emotion. We are giving all of, of those things that are so incorrect. We are giving it power over us. You know, we know the only one it, in power over us is Jesus Christ. But when we go in this path of wrong thinking based on these incorrect emotions, we are taking that power and we are shifting it. Anytime there's an incorrect power shift, we are going to find ourselves in an emotionally unstable state. You know, that word being alert, it just, it strikes me. Listen to this. We all know that driving our car on a highway, there are risks, right? For a car accident. If we are driving with a level of alertness that that could happen, then we are looking for warning signs or, you know, just maybe an erratic driver or something that we are prepared for those unexpected times where, you know, someone tries to cut you off as opposed to the thought pattern that comes in driving the highway is dangerous. I could be in an accident and killed. Therefore, I will never drive on the highway again. Yes, yes, yes. Right. So it's not saying that you just crawl in your cave. That's right. And 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 don't live life. It means you need to be wise. That's right. And be balanced, right? He's called us to be wise, but he's also called us to live an abundant life. That's right. And so for for us going into 2021 and there is a lot of anxiety, right? When you go out wondering where where the the cooties are, you know, where you're going to yes. catch a catch a sickness. You know, we had the same issues last year. You know, there were flu bugs out last year, but you still have to learn how to live life, be wise, be balanced mm-hmm. and and not, you know, keep your keep your alertness level up, but don't let the fear be what determines or dictates how you live your life. Yeah. Well, the enemy, you know, his greatest tactic is to, well, to lie to us and intimidate us with the lie, right? Also, some of what we experience in life uh there's an element of truth to it, right? There are things that could happen to us on the road, like you said. So there are true things that happen in life. There are true things like there is a virus out there, but it's how we respond to that 
true thing that's happening. We can respond uh, in a way that keeps us frozen because of that truth, or we can operate in freedom in spite of that truth, right? Mm -hmm. In an alert way. I like to think, um, maybe because I was an elementary teacher, but, you know, Satan is really a bully, and we can we can look at it in this perspective. He's coming at us with these incorrect thoughts. He's trying to get us bound up and, and wound up, and he's saying things to bring us down, just like a, a bully in school would do to try to make himself look bigger or stronger than he really is, because, of course, as children of God, you know, we have the strength of Christ, right? We, we can overcome. We are overcomers in all of these situations. But at just like a um, bully might operate in a fifth grade classroom, because that's what I taught, I was thinking about as a teacher how I responded to that. And number one, I would pull aside the bully and tell him, right, that I am the authority and that you are no longer to have that action in my classroom. Just like, you know, spiritually, we, you know, we have authority, you know, because of Jesus Christ over these uh, things that Satan does. And we can tell him that he has no authority in this place. But at the same time, while I was correcting the bully, I would also take aside the one who is being bullied and teach that individual how to respond in the face of a bully next time. You know, and I think that's true for us too. While the bullying won't stop, while the, the lies may not stop, while the temptations for fear or incorrect thoughts may continue to come into our mind or into our emotions, um, we need to learn that when these things happen, how we are to respond. I think one of the things that we uh, wrap ourselves around that ends up leaving us frozen is uh, something called vain imaginations. Oh, you know? goodness, yeah. So things that we think that really aren't even true. And I know we said this with the armor of God too, but I go back to this all of the time that the enemy really doesn't have to work very hard to get us twisted up. He can just plant one seed in our minds and we are going to run wild with it. And then he just goes on to the next person. But we start imagining things based on what he's put out there, even things that are true. You know, we can take the facts about COVID and we can make them a whole different story than what they even are. We can take the facts of what's happening in our nation in other ways and we can uh, expand them and, and make them even worse than we might think that they really are. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I think that sometimes we take the truth and then we run with it. And it's we can take the truth and we can figure out what the wise, alert way to live with it is. Or we can allow it to plant itself in our minds and we can run in the wrong way. I think one of the, one of the tools that he uses is hitting on that area of the things that we don't know about, right? Which is the future. That's a big one. We can make assumptions but we really don't know what the future holds. And so the natural tendency in each of us that wants to control the moment, to understand all the pieces, um, he likes to just throw the questions out and and make you assume that what thought he just put in your head is truth. Mm -hmm. But but he doesn't even know. the Only God knows all things. And so mm -hmm. he if he can just trip us up by helping us, uh, not helping us by causing us to be alarmed by things we don't have control of. Uh, that, that That's paralyzing. And that's where we have to run back to. I have to think about this thought and what is the source? Where is yep. this coming from? Is it causing me fear and anxiety and running away from God and, and 
becoming locked up, then that that cannot be coming from God. Let's yep. take a look at this verse, Laura. It's 2 Corinthians 10, verse 5. I'm going to read it from the Passion. It says, we can demolish every deceptive fantasy that opposes God and break through every arrogant attitude that is raised up in defiance of the true knowledge of God. We capture like prisoners of war every thought and we insist mm. that it bow down in obedience to the anointed one. What a what a key scripture. The thought comes to you, right? There's all kinds of thoughts that come to us. To, to, it says capture each thought and make it bow down in obedience. It means to submit it. That thought needs to submit itself to Christ. And if Christ is saying, that's a bully thought that doesn't belong in my classroom, right? Then you need, you take a stand yep. against it. You have to yep. go back. Where's the source? Yep. You know, is this coming from the enemy whose goal towards me is to steal and kill and destroy at my peace and my relationship with God and the health of my relationships in those friendships that I have? If it's, it's, causing me to not be able to walk in freedom and not be able to, like you said, have free movement, right? Movement to be able to enjoy life as God has intended me to enjoy it. Then I need to stop and put a stand against that thought and say, you're not coming from my heavenly father. Yep. Take a stand against it. Yep. Absolutely. You know, there's a difference, Debbie, between fearing God and being afraid of God. Yeah, it's so true. So true, because they can get tripped up on yep. all these godly people in the Bible that are applauded for their fear of God. Yet you're, Debbie, right now you're telling me I shouldn't fear. So yep. what is the difference? The actual word when it talks about, you know, the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. And it actually means that this, this, it's all this, uh, you're standing in amazement, this amazing respect for the authority that God carries, his presence, his power in our lives. It's healthy. It's, it's like having an awesome fear or reverence. Um, you know, for example, I have a healthy fear of fire, right? My healthy fear of fire says, don't touch it. You mm -hmm. know, you're going to get your mm -hmm. hand burned. And yet, don't I love to turn the fireplace on? Yes. Right? Yes, because yes. I, I have a healthy, but I don't stick my hand yes, in it. Yes. But there's this reverence. This That's what the fear is about. As opposed to being afraid, being afraid of God it, it, they, the two don't work together because the Bible is so clear that his he's dad, he's our father, yep. and everything that he does comes out of a base of love. And yep. Romans 8, 15, it talks about he's given us this spirit of sonship. You know, he's our dad. It refers to him as Abba Father, like daddy. And when you really, really understand the depth of his love for us, then we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be. Yep. We don't have to be uh, fearing uh, what he would do. In fact, if anything, when the lion is roaring, we run to dad. You know, mm -hmm. we run to the one. He becomes our safe refuge. That place that we know that he will always be there, and his arms will always be ready to pull us to himself. That is the healthy yep. fear of God because I have the reverence for that relationship that That's can't right. change. I'm still his daughter. That's Even right. if the lion is scaring me to death, I'm still running to the father yep. because he's there to protect me. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, this is another lie that the enemy will use in order to keep us frozen because he wants us, well, of course he wants us separated from the relationship that we have with, you know, our heavenly father. He wants us 
to think that we don't have a place where we can run, right? He wants us to believe that we don't have that safe place in the Lord. And so he will put thoughts and doubts into our minds. And what happens is when we, you know, when we realize, like we're talking here, that God is our safe place, when he starts putting doubts about our relationship with our father, that we're not good enough for, you know, to call God our father or whatever he might put in our minds, it makes us start to believe that, you know, we don't have a safe place to run to. And when you don't have a safe place to run to. That's a you, scary place. Yeah, it is a scary place. Think about all of the times, I don't know, even movies, right? When somebody's running from somebody that's after them and they can't find any place to hide. Mm-hmm. You know, that that what happens? We see those people end up frozen in fear um, in the face of the one who is after them. We it, it, So let's take it backwards, right? Knowing that we have a place to run and hide should keep us from the fear and anxiety because regardless of what is after us we have a father who loves us and has already provided a place for us maybe even and i just love to find things like this maybe even that's another indicator when we feel like we have no place to run no place to hide in our frozen situations maybe that's an indicator that we need to get back to our relationship with god recognizing him as our father our abba our daddy like you said because um we should, as children of God, in our fear, in the places that would stir up, not fear of God, but, you know, fear of man or whatever it might be, it should be an automatic thing that we run to our Father when we have those problems. You know, there's, just take this a step further. God is not only our safe place of refuge. When you think of refuge, you think of hiding in it. But he is so much bigger than the bully of the enemy. I think sometimes Satan tries to make us believe that he's on like equal footing power wise with God. And he is a spit in the can compared to how big and strong God is. That's right. So when we're running to the father, it's not to hide in him. It's to take that decisive stand. You know, I had this memory. I grew up in a row house in Northeast Philadelphia and there was a girl up the street who was a bully. And she decided to target me for, I don't know how many months, but, you know, my parents walked us through the, uh, like, like you said as a teacher, how to take a stand against a bully, use your words, you know, you don't hit back and Mm -hmm. all of that. But this was not working with this girl. And so at this point, I am getting picked on constantly and I am trying to be that try to be like Jesus. Right. But I am, I'm getting really harassed constantly Mm. where I don't want to play outside Mm. because she would talk as soon as she see me, man, you know, sometimes you, you open the door for the enemy, you open the door for a bully and they see you there and whether or not they had intended on picking on you, they they take pleasure in it. Right. Picking on you. And we had a rule. I was a kid and you don't play in the street. Right. Cause it's, it's a, it's Philadelphia. It's not safe to play in the street. And this girl would come down the street and she would hit me and then literally walk three or four feet into the street. Wow. And and make fun of me because I wasn't allowed in the street. Uh. So my mom saw this and it, this made an impression on me because not only is my mom teaching me that she is a safe place, but she's trying to teach me how to handle this the right way. She came outside and she she brought this girl from the middle of the street onto the sidewalk. Wow. And she got in her face about how you cannot be a bully. And she actually told me, this is terrible. She said, Debbie, go ahead and kick her. And so, <laughs> and, and, you know, I did. I just listened to my mom. I kicked her. My mom's like, that's enough. Like my mom made a decisive stand, Yeah, yeah. you know, like, it's not like go beat up that girl. It was like, just give her a kick, you know? <laughs> and you know what happened from there? That bully saw that now she was tangling with my mom mm. 
Mm. And and not only was my mom a safe place, but she was my defender. Mm. And, and and we actually became good friends. Wow. <laughs> it wow. was like it was the fact that my mom took that authoritative stand yeah. and she she now looked at this bully and said, You wanna mess with her, you're messing with me too. That's right. That's and right. And that's what God says, right? Yes. The key is so much bigger than Satan. So that's when we right. run to the Father, it's not just a hide, it's not you know, God says, take a decisive stand. Yes. Remember whose child you are. Yes. I kicked Satan yes. out of heaven. <laughs> he does not have the right, right to stand there and make you think that I am stronger right. than him. Right, right. Amen. That is a great, great analogy. You know, fear uh, not only really makes us frozen, and I also found this with my shoulder, but fear really weakens us. And, uh, I, you know, I, I started to lose the strength in my arm, too, because I wasn't using it because uh, lack of use, you know, weakens us. Same thing with fear. When we aren't stepping into the faith uh, that we're supposed to have, fear does weaken us. You know, it all goes back to what we put our focus on. And I know that there's a quote from Bill Johnson that you refer to so many times. Oh, I Deb, love if it. If you want to share it, go ahead. It says, Bill Johnson, the uh, pastor out at Bethel Church in Redding, California, said, what you focus on gets bigger. Yep. Think about that. What you focus on gets bigger. Yep. And yep. then they take it a step further. What you focus on, you empower. Yep, that's huge. Man, what that's a good huge. phrase. It goes, it could be uh, focusing on the zit on your face, right? Which gets bigger because <laughs> it's the right. only thing you see. Or what it is you're afraid of, the thought that comes in your head. You know, just this morning, I was watching a video at a church in Delaware, and uh, my friend Greg Diener. Oh, he's was, been on here. Greg yeah, that's was the, right. The token Absolutely. male. Absolutely. So Greg was sharing a story on this video that just spoke to my heart. And then as we were talking about this podcast, it was like, wow, okay, so what you focus on gets bigger and start, you start to empower it. Greg was sharing a story about a donut. Now, I happen to be a woman who is obsessed with donuts at this time in my life. So maybe this is why it grabbed me so much. But, you know, a donut is a is a, a piece of dough that is sweet and wonderful. And there is so much good stuff. But in the middle of this sweet and wonderful and so much good stuff, there is a hole, right? An empty space. This is a season in our lives he was sharing that, you know, things are different. Things don't look like they always have looked. And we have the opportunity to either focus on the the sweet and the good and what is there and what we can be a part of and what we can experience, or we have the opportunity to focus on the whole. And the whole, there, there's nothing in the whole, right? It's empty. It's, it's a place that doesn't have anything to fulfill us. So we have the opportunity to focus on what we do have in the word of God, or we can focus on what is missing on what we don't have. Interesting too, perspective, Deb, even with Greg's story, um, what we don't have, that hole is so much smaller than the whole donut, sure, you know? So true. So when we choose to focus on what we don't have or the things that, that, that scare us, the things that cause fear and anxiety, we're actually making a choice to take our eyes, our gaze off of this great big thing that we've been given, right? Faith and our father who was our hiding place in those times of fear. And we are actually choosing, we're choosing to look at the small thing. We do it. We, it's what we do. It's the natural response that we have. I'm not going to see all the good stuff that God has told me in the word of God, that he's got it and he's my stronghold and he's my savior. Instead, I'm going to look at that one empty space and I'm going to, I'm going to look at that. So it ends up looking bigger. Boy, 
What a perspective on exactly what you just said. What you focus on gets bigger. Are we going to focus on God's love and his plan for me? Or are we going to focus on the things that we are experiencing that we don't like, right? That have caused us fear and anxiety, whatever those things may be. When those thoughts come to you, uh, and we keep challenging this idea of challenge the thought, where is the source and is it true? And if we find ourselves uh, moving down this trail of uh, fear is increasing and anxiety is increasing, our mind is racing, our heart is racing, our hands are sweating, right? Like these are, uh, these are just like red flags. These are like that um, check engine light that comes on in your car. You got to pay attention to it because, because it's so clear in second Timothy one, seven, God says, I'll never give you a spirit of fear. Like it's not coming from me. Mm-hmm. He said, but the Holy spirit who gives you mighty power, love, and it's either, you can call it a self-control or a sound mind. So when that check engine light is coming on, you stop and, and pay attention to it. You know, God, is this you giving me a warning? Yep. You know, that I need to be careful about something that could happen that's dangerous. Or is this the enemy trying to trip me up? Like, where is this your source? Are you the source? And if if it's causing the anxiety, the point that you're afraid to move, you can't think clearly, you're foggy in your thinking, or uh, you you almost feel like I I can't even make a decision, um, that is never from him. It's Mm -hmm. never from him. Laura, I don't know if you've experienced this, but... If somebody has lived through trauma, right, an experience triggers a response and it doesn't mean you're still living in the same trauma, but it is, it's, it stops a person dead in their tracks because whether it's a sound or a thought or a smell, you know, or a memory suddenly wants to make them believe that they are living in the past and that is not. It's not accurate. It's not yep. true, but you have to stop in that moment and think through, what do I do with this thought? Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, I've shared before, but in, in 2016, we were robbed and I lived in the house where the robbery took place. I had lived there for probably four or five years and there was not one night in those four or five years, not one night, even when you move into a new house and you have all those new house noises, um, where I ever was afraid in that house. Never. I slept peacefully every single time, every night. Uh, just nothing bothered me. And after the robbery, uh, to say the word frozen <laughs> is definitely where we were. You know, we didn't sleep. Uh, noises that were familiar noises would freak us out. So because of that past experience that we had, we found ourselves really traumatized, like what you said, by one event that happened almost like nullified in our minds or in our emotions whatever it might have been all of the nights of peace that we had had you know Mm -hmm. because that one event happened all of a sudden we couldn't go back to that place of peace and 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 really debbie i'm telling you i don't think dan slept through the night for months he's Mm. constantly especially as the man of the house you know he was constantly even hearing things took me about a month to sleep again but it took him months to sleep frozen in fear Um, when God hasn't given us that, you know, past experiences, sometimes we don't realize how much they bind us, how much they keep us bound. But again, we got to take every thought captive and we got to demolish those thoughts if we want to live free. 
I've just moved again. <laughs> and uh, uh, it's funny because when I've heard new noises here, I have automatically said, it's nothing, go to bed, and I'm able to sleep fine. So you can get to that place where you can move your arm, where you can sleep through the night, you know, where you can live beyond and past in victory from the things that has kept you bound in the past. Laura, 2021 can be a season for us to take a decisive stand. You yep. know, it's like that decisive spiritual stand of who's your dad, you know, yep. and, and what does he declare to be true about himself and about you and about your position in Christ, the promises of God that he has declared to be true and nothing changes. God never changes and his word never changes. You know, Amen. The, the social updates may be changing all the time, but mm -hmm. he never changes. And so I think it's important for us, you know, to, each of us needs to take an inventory what am I spending time worrying about? What what keeps me up at night? What are fears that I would love to snap my finger and have them go yep. away? And yep. so, you know, to take some time at the, in this January season uh, where it is very cold, right? Like to take a stand and go, all right, as we're prepared for this new year, I want to stand up tall. When you're afraid, you cower down. You know, I want to stand up tall because I know who my dad is. And, and when there's a a circumstance that he brings to your mind that you know you definitely are struggling with in, in an area of anxiety or fear rather than panic right because here it comes again you know no no yep. take a decisive stand and and think back and ask the holy spirit where did i open a door yeah you know where was the moment where the lions were roaring and i decided that the lion could eat me even yep. the, even if he was behind bars, where was that moment? He may bring you back to a memory, you know, somewhere, but you need to challenge it with the truth. What is the truth? I, at some point, I chose to believe a lie and I valued the enemy's opinion higher than God's. Yep. And, and what you do, if, if that memory comes back to you, to ask forgiveness. God, forgive me, please, for at that point, choosing not to believe you and choosing yep. to believe a lie. Forgive me for that. And then you take a stand and say, you know what, going forward, my decisive stand is that when those emotions come up, when the lion is roaring, I'm not running out the door. My feet right. are planted on what's true. That's right. And I'm running to the father who's going to defend me, who's going to protect me, That's right. provide for me. And then by faith, choose to believe that because I am a child of God, the spirit of fear is not that doesn't belong on me and that you have told me that I have that power, love and a sound mind. That is Amen. the spirit that you've given me. And one thought at a time, you take a stand and what you find is that the lion, number one, his roar doesn't impact you like it used to. That's right. And then at some point he will find someone else to go roar at because That's right. you're not producing the, the state. You know, bullies love to feel in control. And when they lose the control over you, they find someone else to bully, which is really not solving a problem. But right, right. You know, but for you, the enemy right. will say, you know what? And if, how about this? Every time the fearful thought comes, you begin to pray. You yep. begin to just declare that God begin to move. You start to worship and you praise. And the yep. enemy is like, shut up. Yep. <laughs> and you'll find that he comes after you less because now his roaring takes yep. you to your knees. That's and right. that's, that's the right. last that's the that's last right. place that he wants you to do. 
to that safe place that we talked about earlier, right? His his acts and his movement actually take us closer to the father. That's right. So he's like, yeah, we're not doing this anymore. Yeah. Not playing around with this one. So yeah, so we are just really grateful, really, for the word of God. We are grateful for the fact that we don't have to be frozen in fear and anxiety. You know, no matter what our world looks like in 2021, February, March, whatever comes, we don't have to live in a place of fear. It didn't feel good for those months that I was frozen. And I, I have to say, I think it feels even worse to be frozen emotionally or spiritually. So the things that happen to us physically are just pictures really of the things that are going on on the inside. And sometimes those pains are deeper, they're worse, and sometimes they're harder to identify. So we're grateful for the word of God. We're grateful that he gives us ways to be set free and to be able to move, to be able to see things that are wrong that need to be undone, to be unfrozen right free and able to move so thanks for being uh, here with us next week we're going to look at unforgiveness boy if there's not one thing that can keep us bound and so often you know before we're even there yet it's something we often don't see or recognize that's inside of us is unforgiveness but it will leave us in a place where we are frozen and unable to go forward in the lord and in our relationships so join us then share this with a friend if you know anybody who's struggling right now uh thanks for your support thanks for being a part and we pray god's blessing on you today have a good one and thank you we believe that god will use what we share to encourage you as you step into the more that he has prepared for you today Thank you for joining us. Until next time, remember, you were created for more.